0: Hello everyone and welcome back to the Gellman Report episode number 67. In today's episode, I'm going to be giving you my thoughts about the Game 3 victory for the Boston Celtics versus the Golden State Warriors in the NBA Finals. So on Wednesday night, Game 3 in Boston, the Celtics defeated the Warriors 116-100 to and while the score was, you know, sixteen point win for the Celtics. This game was—it was—I wouldn't say it was back and forth. The the Warriors only had two leads, I think, in the entire game: two to zero, and then um, towards the end of the third quarter or towards the middle of the third quarter, um, eighty three to eighty two. Um, so the Celtics led for most of the game, but the Warriors—I always felt. Uh, we're always in reach of winning the game, um, really up until the end, um, around the four-minute mark when they kind of waved the white flag and they put in all the bench, uh, all the all the bench players. And but yeah, I felt like they could have won um, the game, you know, very easily, um, even though there was a 16-point margin for victory for the Celtics. Um, so. I really enjoyed watching this game. I thought it was a great game, even though it wasn't as close as people would have liked it. It wasn't a nail biter. It wasn't down to the last wire, three point game, two point game, stuff like that. But it was a pretty close game, um, and so I'm happy about that. You know, game two was not close at all, so it was good to finally get a competitive basketball game in these in this year's NBA Finals. And watching this game and afterwards listening to what people had to say, um, you know, social media and YouTube, Twitter, stuff like that. I really started to make my, you know, make my own thoughts about this game, and I ha- i don't think I've ever watched a game, a basketball game, where I've had as many, you know, things to mention and ideas and thoughts that I just wanted to share. So that's what we're going to be doing today. Um, before we get into that, I just want to look at the box score for a little bit, especially this game. I think that it's very telling, um, especially on the Celtics side. But starting off with the Warriors, um, you know, Kevon Looney six points you know not really a factor you look at their stars here at the war uh, for the warriors steph curry 31 points um for the first three quarters of the game he had a fantastic game uh, basically carrying the warriors in at one point they were down by 18 and then in the third quarter they had to lead they had the lead and that was all due to steph curry uh clay thompson started off the game rough uh but ended the game with 25 points five for 13 from the three-point line wiggins i you know had a solid game um played pretty well defensively two blocks two steals was a fantastic slasher with you know a lot of great dunks 18 points, seven for 16 from the field didn't shoot well from the three-point line only one for six uh, so those three guys i think played solid off the bench no one really made a difference uh pool had 10 points four for six from field goal one for four from the three-point line but his you know it's not really worth it to play pool if he's only going to score 10 points in 24 minutes because his defense is just atrocious for to be worth pool you need him to have 20 to 25 points I think at least uh, because his defense is it's so bad he's atrocious he's a blow-by machine meaning you know Jalen Brown Jason Tatum even Marcus Smart all these guys Derek White can easily just blow by him he's a ghost he's a hologram he he's not there Um, and then so yeah there's one guy that I didn't mention and this is exactly what you know, what I what I think a lot of people saw in this game, and that was Draymond Green. 34 minutes, 2 points, 25% from the field with, you know, only shooting 4 shots. So 1 for 4 from the field goals, 0 oh for 2 from the 3-point line, uh, 4 rebounds, 3 assists, 2 turnovers, 1 block, um, and 6 personal fouls which is his second so he fouled out this game it is his second time fouling out this year's nba finals and to just put that into perspective there's only been three games so he's only been able to stay in one of the games um so that's the first thing that we have to talk about from the Warriors side and that is the draymond green collapse and so there's just some stats that i want to you know i looking in that box score he and he said in the press conference he played terrible um Uh, But there's other stats that you know weren't mentioned um, that like you you look deeper in. So in this NBA Finals, Draymond Green has had 15 points and 15 personal fouls. That is just disgusting Um, and just terrible, terrible um, play from Draymond Green. Along with that, and this is more of a kind of. Funny, satirical, static I'd say Draymond Green, obviously, as many of you guys know, he has his own podcast uh, with the volume with volume sports, Colin Coward, great show, whatever everyone, you know, giving him a plug, everyone listen to it. He has 17 podcast episodes this playoffs, th- this year's playoffs. 14 yeah, so 17 podcast episodes this year in the playoffs. And in this year's playoffs, he's only had 14 games with double digit points, rebounds, or assists. So he's ad- uploaded and published, you know, recorded more podcast episodes than he's had games with double digits, points, rebounds, or assists. Again, maybe he should be focusing less on his podcast and about his play and about his not being able to, you know, fa- maybe able to stay in the game and not fouling out. And so that brings me to a point that I saw on Twitter uh, from Nick Wright from First Take. And I fully agree with this. Draymond used to be um when he was younger he used to be a player that he used to be more of an offensive threat and a more i think do-it-all threat he's still a do-it-all type of guy but to a lesser degree as we saw 2016 game seven finals he would have been the finals mvp if they had won that series 30 35 point triple double in game seven against lebron and against you know k love and, and kyrie irving what probably the best game of his career um, and yeah, so he used to be that guy. Someone you get 15 to 20 points, I think consistently, um, and, in, and it is always um, on the radar to get a triple-double. But he's not that guy anymore. He's lost a lot of his athleticism getting older. Um, and the players around him have lost a lot of the athletic athleticism um, around them, and he's not playing with Kevin Durant anymore. So I think that um, that's awesome. that's one of the reasons why he's regressing. Um, but he's still a phenomenal player, and my problem. And well, Nick Wright's problem, and I agree with that, is that saying Nick um, Draymond Green has to be able to be effective in the NBA in the in games in general, but especially in the NBA Finals, he has to be able to be effective when he's not being allowed to bully, you know, the opposing team. Um, So let's look at that. You know, game game two, he was incredibly effective, not necessarily scoring or rebounding or passing, playing well, playing well. You know, in a basketball sort of sense, but being able to get in the heads of Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum and Al Horford and Grant Williams, being able to get them off the rhythm. And that's fine. There are certain guys that are, you know, good at that, and Jamon Green's one of the best. But then you look at game three, where he doesn't play well offensively. Or really defensively um, getting out rebounded a lot you know by uh, you know larger Robert Williams so he's not really playing well at all in basketball court and he's not able to bully and get in the heads of these young guys on the Celtics so what is he doing on the basketball court he he, I think he's just he's a liability Um, I, I think that's a strong word to use but I'm not saying he's washed. He definitely has many more years of great and maybe not great, but solid NBA basketball in him. I don't think he'll ever be an all star again, but he's still a defensive, you know, minded guy and is still a great leader. But if he can't, you know, contribute besides being the enforcer and being the bully, then he's not going to be able to to help that team just like jordan Poole. If jordan Poole can't score the 20 to 25 points a game that we know he can he's not going to be effective because the positive he brings is going to be severely outweighed by the negatives he brings on defense um so that's you know my first problem with draymond green um well that yeah that's my not first there's a lot of problems i mentioned with draymond green and I think this is also connected to what they ha- what's going on in Golden State's bench. So you know, for the most part, they play five guys. You know, they have their starters: Curry, Thompson, Wiggins, uh, Green, and Looney. And then you know, Porter comes off the bench and he plays really good minutes for them. Poole comes off the bench and he could play really good minutes for them. Gary Payton, eleven minutes in last game, um, just coming off an injury. So you know, he's looking to play more consistent minutes. And then anyone, everyone else is kind of, you know doesn't really play and they have two really young guys two guys that they drafted this year um in the first round of the nba draft and moses moody and jonathan kaminga that they just they, they don't play at all and 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 steve kerr has a history of not trusting the young guys in the nba playoffs and i'm fine with that but i don't feel that that is between steve kerr and bob myers um and joe Lacob, you know general management of the warriors that is not good communication between them when it comes draft time and you know earlier in the year a few months ago a few weeks ago um, Joe Lacob said um, that you know that the Warriors organization you know they took some criticism from the media that they did not trade all their draft choices to get you know one great player um, trading in, you know, all their, all the young guys that they had to get another star. And that's fine that you don't have to do that. You don't have to, you know, put all your chips in one guy. You can continue because he's, he's like, Oh, I want, he said, I want to be good for years to come. When the Curry and Thompson and Green Air is over, I want to continue to be a competitive basketball team and, and compete for championships. And that's fine. That's in the spirit of the game. I agree. You should always try your best to be you know, good. Um, but when those guys that you put so much draft capital in aren't playing in the most in the in the in the most important time of their not more, most important time of the of the year, in the NBA Finals, the most important games of uh, you know of every single season, then you should have traded them. If you can't, if you're going to draft guys that aren't going to contribute now, and I understand that, but. Winning a champion, even with the Warriors who've won championship in these past few years, winning even a single championship is just so valuable. And so, uh, I, you know, specifically about Jonathan Kaminga, specifically about him, I think that the Warriors, um, you know, they are the old guys versus the young guys, which are the Celtics. And the Celtics right now, all their guys are in their prime; they're in their athletic they're in their athletic prime and this is something again that i heard call that I heard, that I heard from colin coward tatum brown smart and williams um robert williams are all in their uh, you know all in their primes they're never going to be they're going to be playing you know this year um and then moving on for the next two or three years this is going to be their best years of their career um and so they you know have the foot speed over the what's it called over the um of the warriors and the stamina and you know um the, late in game you know being able to you know push themselves and you know make it get the clutch buckets and, and you know stuff like that and so i think that the warriors are missing someone like that they're missing the young athletic spark plug that they, that they need and jonathan Kamingo for me is is that is, is that guy um and so if you look at his game log throughout the playoffs and get, you know in one of the games against uh, against dallas he played 21 minutes 17 points and so i a lot of those came in garbage time, but if you remember, it was that game where Dallas was up by 20, and Steve Kerr put in all the bench players with like eight minutes left, like just a big blowout, and and then they were coming back, like Kaminga and those other guys and, and Pool and and. Um, and JTA and Moody, you know, Juan Ciscano Anderson and Moses Moody, they were making comeback. And at one point, it was like a five-point game. And then Kerr put in all the stars back in, all you know, Curry and Thompson and Draymond and, you know, Wiggins, and they lost the game. So I'm not saying that was the right, not the right choice, but you see that Kaminga can play valuable minutes and can be effective, 21 minutes with 17 points. And, you know, in one game against Memphis, 23 points in 17 minutes. Another game against Memphis, 17 minutes, 18 points. Another game, he, in Memphis, he seems like he played a lot. 15 minutes, uh, 6 points. 14 minutes, 9 points. Um, and then he's also getting it done on the defensive side and rebounding, 5 rebounds, 4 rebounds, 8 rebounds. Um, steals, 1 steal, 2 steals, 1 block, 2 blocks. Um, he just, he's able to play, I think, um, solid minutes, 15 to 20 minutes every single game. Um, and he would be a huge spark plug for the Warriors off the bench and would help them out a lot. Um, and so I just think that was a miscommunication between Steve Kerr, uh, the head coach, and the general management of saying, we're going to, you know, general management is going to say we're going to draft these young guys. We want them to. Uh, we, we want them to be part of our team, but Steve Kerr says, "All right, that's fine, but they're not going to be getting any PT, and they're not going to be getting any playing time um, when it counts." Um, and this also leads to other draft choices that they made in the past. You know, with uh, James Wiseman, um, they drafted him second overall over Lamella Ball. And right now, if the Warriors have Lamella Ball, I wouldn't be surprised if they would be up three zero. Um, you know, Lamella Ball right now, he you know he's playing he. One of the best young players in the league. But if he was able to be, you know, the second or third option, he'd be even better um, and have so much pressure taken off him and be able to run the offense when those guys are out. Similar to what Jordan Poole does now, but LaMelo Ball is just astronomically better, in my opinion. Um, and so, yeah, that's another draft, um, you know bad decision that the Warriors made with drafting with getting Wiseman who hasn't played a single game this playoff and as I said he played a single game uh this whole year in, uh for the NBA he was he played a few games in the G League but um so I just think that's a miscue on the Warriors of young guys not being able uh to contribute now when they need them um it's not like in other teams you have young guys that they just they don't need them to play uh, but the Warriors, I think, need these guys to win. Uh, to win, I think they need Kaminga, and they definitely need James Wiseman because this, you know, that that moves perfectly into my next point, which is about the Celtics, because that's Robert Williams. And Robert Williams, the first two games, he wasn't 100%. First game, they didn't really need him because they just killed the Warriors um, the last eight minutes, you know, hitting all those threes. But in the second game, um, they definitely could have used him after getting you know embarrassed and blown out and in the, and in the third game he made a huge difference 25 minutes eight points four for five from field goal uh 10 rebounds zero assists three steals and four blocks and some of the most most athletic blocks that i've ever seen from a player you know swatting it out of the air into the third row just not you know just closing down um the paint fully and for a jump shooting team like the warriors if the shots aren't falling then you can't and you can't get it inside because you have Robert Williams in there. Then your offense is stagnant, and that's just a huge advantage for the for the for the Celtics. So I think Robert Williams. Um, oh yeah, and just also out rebounding the team like crazy because uh, when when they go small, when Kevon Looney's out of the game because he can't really keep up with these guys. He doesn't have the athleticism or offensive or defensive uh, skills to keep up with, you know, Brown and Tatum and Smart and Horford and, and even Williams, really. Um, so he's not in the game a lot. So to, add, to end the game, really, uh, we saw Porter, Green, Wiggins, Thompson, and Curry. So the biggest guy you got on the court is Draymond Green. And he was just getting out rebound by Williams. It was like kind of like when I would play basketball – and against my little brother and i could i don't even have to jump to get the rebound like robert williams seems to just grab the rebound out of draymond green's hand like two or three times um so big big ups to robert williams i he's playing hurt but that's what the nba finals is about that's what the nba playoffs are about so mad respect to robert williams for his performance um and yeah and then you know, let's move on to talking about the Celtics a little bit. Jalen Brown, 17 points in the first quarter. Uh, it finished the game with 27 points, nine for 16, field goal four for eight, three point line nine rebounds, five assists, and a block. Talking about Jason Tatum, 26 points, six rebounds, nine assists, and Marcus Smart, 24 points, seven rebounds, five assists. They are the first trio. The first trio. Uh, to each have 20 points, 5 rebounds, and 5 assists in a finals game since 1984 when one of the best trios in NBA history, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Magic Johnson, and Michael Cooper all had that stat line. So they're in very good company and they played extremely well. Um, especially Tatum down the stretch with Brown carrying in the first half and Tatum turning it on um, at the end of the uh, at the end of the game to carry the Celtics to that W. Um, Derek White played really good minutes, po- uh, 23 minutes, seven points, um, a steal and a block. Peyton Pritchard hit a big three. Um, a lot of the guys here playing you know solid minutes, even Peyton Pritchard only nine minutes um uh, hitting you know hitting a big three um, and a rebound and assist. So not a lot of contribution there, but everything matters in the NBA Finals. Um, and so I wanna, obviously the Celtics played extremely well offensively. I give a lot of credit to them and to for you for know, great schemes, one of the best coaches in the NBA. Uh, but I also wanna talk about the lack of defense from the Warriors. And I don't mean to continue to to hate on them, but you know if you lose a game, um, and especially by, again, I think it was a close game, but I wouldn't say it was embarrassing. But they just got outplayed, simple as that. They just got completely outplayed, and and one of the big reasons that is because of Steph Curry's defense. And so, um, I think Steph Curry is an average or below average defender, and that's not necessarily because, you know, I de- I think he definitely works on it. It's just because he's small and he doesn't have the body type for it. Um not like a Marcus Smart or one of the smaller guards who are who, who are gifted defensively, um, and so I think he's able to guard pretty well um, when it comes to regular size guards like a Fred Van Vliet or a you know Devonte Graham. Just trying to name you know smaller paid him Pritchard. But when you play against these big forwards and these big guards, versatile, athletic, um, the you know uh, wings that the that the Celtics have, he is just getting eaten up just absolutely destroyed and so i've seen that multiple times in this year's finals with Jalen brown um with and so yeah with Jalen brown uh but then especially with jason tatum just you know looking for him down the stretch every single possession getting the switch off wiggins to curry um And then just taking him to the hole and just absolutely just botting him because he's just so much bigger than him. And even Marcus Smart is able to do that. And maybe towards the end it was because Steph Steph's injury, um, which I'm gonna talk about next. Um, but you know, Marcus Smart, who's not such a big guy, he was able to also totally just bully him, getting an easy layups um, you know, on Curry. And so I think that that's a concern for them. There's nothing they can really do about that. They can try to stop the switches but that's going to open up a lot more for the cell for the celtics um and yeah so then you know and then talking about steph curry's injury i think that was a big mistake by him to do that uh well i don't want to say that actually i think that's you know i take that back you know he's an nba player he's one of the best players ever he wants to win so bad he's going to jump in there. he's not thinking about oh i'm going to get injured um but i think that this injury was almost exactly the same thing what happened with Marcus Smart and the Celtics in the regular season, you know, a few weeks before the playoffs started, um, was you know loose ball. He jumps on it. Then Marcus Smart jumps on it. It's a big pile, and his angle gets rolled up. And that's exactly what happened here. Just instead of Marcus Smart with Al Horford, um, and so you know he should have he should have gotten out of there. The game was essentially over. There was you know four minutes left. they were down by twelve. They you know they weren't gonna they weren't gonna win, um, but. Yeah, so uh, you know, he says that he's going to play. Um, hopefully, he does play. I, I, I want, him, I want the Warriors to be at full strength. I don't want this to be. I think if the if he's out, Curry, the game, the the series is over. Um, even if he comes back for, you know, let's say he's out, game four, Celtics win three one. Curry comes back, game five, they win three two. I think the Celtics close it out in. Uh, in Boston uh, for Game Six, but he says he's going to play. Hopefully, he does. I wish him all the best, and hopefully, his injury isn't anything serious. Um, but moving on, uh, you won't know. Let's talk about Steph Curry for a little bit. I think he played a fantastic game. Um, I think he played a fantastic f- first three quarters. Um, so he's you know the Warriors. That's their go-to thing throughout their entire dynasty. I remember I'm a Rockets fan. I used to hate this. The Rockets would be up by. You know, double-digit points. You know, going into halftime, and then they'd be down double-digit points going into the fourth quarter. Like these third-quarter runs with the Warriors are just—they're very impressive, and and you know that's a positive thing. But it's also a negative thing because you know you use all this gas to make a run in the third quarter and then you don't have any especially with you know an old team like the Warriors are then you don't have any more gas uh, for the fourth quarter and so when the Celtics you know they're up by 15 and then to end the quarter uh, they're still up by you know three points that you've already exerted all their energy the Warriors and so the Celtics with how young they are they are able to you know build up that lead to the 16 point margin that they won by and so um yeah so the, while the third quarter runs are impressive you know that's maybe you know what i just mentioned is maybe why their fourth quarters are so terrible so steph curry has six points on three for ten shooting and 0 for five in the fourth quarter um over five from the three-point line in the fourth quarter of these nba finals um is just you know you know six point you know even going more into this stat six points three assists three turnovers three for ten from the field goal over three from the three-point line and a minus 30 um, in the fourth quarter of these nba finals so you know minus 30 is really bad and you know three for ten thirty percent is atrocious shooting percentage for steph curry um so i think that you know, if the Warriors were up two one, Steph Curry would be my Finals MVP, obviously. But they're not up two one; they're down two one, and it's because of his weak fourth quarters. Um, and I'm not reading too much into that. But another stat that I that I saw is that Golden State is now two and nine in their last eleven Finals games without Kevin Durant. And this is not a knock on Curry. This is not a knock on on Draymond Green or Thompson. I think it just shows Kevin Durant's greatness. Um, and so I think that you know, looking back at the 2015 Finals, would the Warriors have won if Kevin Love and Kyrie were playing? I I think most people would say no. And if you if you were to say no to that, then the only rings that the Warriors have, that Curry has, that Thompson has, that Green has, that Iggy has, the only rings that they have are with Kevin Durant. That shows Kevin Durant's greatness. And they right now, Draymond Green is, you know, he says that he, you know, all love to 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 Kevin Durant and all that. But I i think he secretly is saying that we don't we we didn't need you Kevin Durant. Um but I think that's wrong. I think they do need Kevin Durant. Right now if they had Kevin Durant, obviously the series would be over. But two and a nine and two and Nine in the last 11 finals game without Durant is not a great status, not a great look on Curry, especially when you're playing so poorly in the fourth quarter of these finals, especially with how poorly Draymond Green is playing. Um, I think that the you know, I, I think I, I do, one game, well, they I'm not trying to say, you know, they've lost, they lo- they've, they have lost two games, the Warriors. Um, and so I don't want to overreact, I don't think the series is over. I think if they win tomorrow on friday night that they would they, they, they'll have No, oh, i think the, i think they'll i don't think they'll win it but i think it'll definitely go to seven games because now it'll be tied they'll have home court advantage back and boston will have a, to win a game on the road which will be hard for them uh, but they've they've done it before in the nba finals but if they do lose i think that the warriors are going to have to regroup they're going to have to figure out what to do here because you know they have, a, they have a good roster, but I also think they got kind of blessed on this playoff run. The roster doesn't look amazing to me. Um, and so are they going to trade away a lot, a lot of the young guys? Are they going to get rid of Klay Thompson? He is a huge contract, and I think one of the worst contracts in the NBA right now. Um, what are they going to do with Draymond Green? Is he regressing? So these are just questions to ask, um, and I don't think it's reading too much in to this to this one game i think you could see a lot from this game um had a lot of factors going in it um so i think that you know bob myers Kerr, and joe lake are going to have to figure out what to do with this roster you know even if they win the nba finals you could always try to improve your roster you know peace you know Kawhi leonard won a championship and then left um so, I that's def, definitely not the same thing as you know trading a player. But even if you win, you could always try to improve your team. Um, but if they lose, I definitely expect a lot of not a lot, but I expect substantial moves from the Warriors front office. And I just wanted to end with one with a tweet that I saw from Skip Bayless. So, as a LeBron fan, um, I am not a fan of Skip Bayless. Um, Yeah, I don't like his takes really. Um, I'm more of a fan of Shannon, Shannon Sharp. You know, uh, you know, Skip V. Shannon. Um, But he tweeted, uh, "Jalen Brown um, is better or greater than symbol." So Jalen Brown is better than Jason Tatum. And so, I when I saw this, I immediately remembered one of the episodes that I said that one of the episodes that I recorded. You know, a few, i think a few months ago, or maybe you know, a year, uh, you know, a year and a little bit ago, which was um, to start the season off, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum were having fantastic. Um, yeah, it was 2020, no, 2021, when Jalen Brown was, um, when Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum were both All Stars. Jalen Brown started off the year super hot, and I said I will not be surprised in a few years. Um, I said right then and there I said I think they're equal. I think Tatum is a little bit better, but I said I wouldn't be surprised in a few years if we were saying that Tatum that Jalen Brown is better than Tatum. And right now for me, I think that Brown is more skilled than Tatum or very equal to Tatum skill wise, good handle, can shoot it. Um, athletic um, can you know I, I have both have underrated playmaking skills. Um, but Jason Tatum, I think, is better right now because of his build. You know, his frame, his length is you know larger than a Jalen Brown. Um, but right now for me, Jalen Brown is one hundred percent the Finals MVP. Um, I don't think I don't think the media would vote that way. Just like you know, a lot of people thought Kyrie in twenty sixteen should have been the NBA Finals MVP, but LeBron won it. Um, for, which is kind of a a media I th- a media thing um, you know it's, it's better storyline if LeBron wins it so I think it'd be better storyline if Jason Tatum wins it but maybe maybe the media and you know fans and you know analysts see what I see and I see that Jalen Brown is playing better than Jason Tatum in this year's finals um, especially this year this in the game three where if he doesn't have the first quarter that he had they don't win this game because then you let the Warriors in without that huge lead that they had, and they're able to keep up with you, and then they're able to just blow you out um, in, in a minute because of how many uh, sh- uh, and how many threes they they shoot, and they and the Warriors didn't shoot terrible this 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 past game in Game Three three pointers they shot 37 percent that's really good you know 15 for 40 that's pretty good um, so right now my vote is Jalen Brown Finals MVP. And I think that over time, potentially even if the war, if my prediction is right that the Celtics win and Jalen Brown wins MVP, the Finals MVP, then I think we're gonna have people saying that Jalen Brown's better than Jason Tatum because he's really struggled this these years final this in this year's Finals, um, and maybe he's not the uh, the superstar that we think he is. And I don't you know he's mentioned multiple times that maybe he doesn't you know he sometimes think that he's not the superstar that people think he is and he has doubts about that and confidence issues so you know i've i I like Jalen brown i've been a fan of him for a little bit so i'm rooting for the celtics and i'm rooting for Jalen brown mvp season finals mvp season um but yeah so now game four just close it off game four friday night in the in the garden td garden boston versus the warriors my prediction is mm, this is a tough one you know because boston sometimes they have great games they have fantastic games in this year's playoffs and then they come back and they really do not play well the only time we've had seen them play games consecutively well you know a few games in a row that they've really been impressive is the is in the brooklyn series um when they you know swept kd and kyrie 4-0 so i think this goes either way i think this is so tough i'm just gonna go i think the no i want the celtics to win so i'm gonna go with what i want i think the celtics win this win the game um so this yeah that's this i'm gonna give you my prediction for the rest of the finals friday night game four celtics win up three one game five back in san francisco back at oracle Uh, i think the celtics win 3-2 still a boston lead and i think they close it out game six jalen brown wins finals mvp in the garden with all the boston fans boston wins 4-2 in game six that is my prediction um and yeah um that's my prediction hopefully it turns out correct that would be fantastic and just before we go I have one more point. I keep remembering points. As I said, this game had me thinking so much about, you know, what was going on, and especially this is, you know, more uh, towards what happened at the end of the game um, at the press conference. You know, you have uh, Dray- you have Clay Thompson saying that the Boston fans, you know, making f- real classy Boston. You know, he said they were saying, you know, cursing and saying the f word in front of the ch- in front of children, and you know, saying that you know that's not right, and you know, um, and then you have Draymond Green's. Um, wife or girlfriend go on Instagram and say that it's just a disgrace what these what the Boston fans were saying, um, you know, the FU Draymond chants throughout the stadium, what they were saying uh, near her children, and just two, two Warriors fans um, that were at the Garden on Wednesday night, and I agree, I don't think that fans should be allowed to do that I think that it should be a more comfortable environment for opposing teams, uh, fans um, not necessarily the players, because that's part of the game. I don't think you have to yell disgusting things at the players. Definitely not their families, but you don't have to yell disgusting things at the players. But hecklers are part of the game. And, you know, Clay Thompson's complaining about that, and he's the one who said it who in 2015 you know or 2016 he's like in the press conference he said you know trash talk is part of the game and if your feelings get hurt then i can't do anything about that and he's talking about lebron and then lebron went on to defeat him in game seven of the nba finals coming back from 3-1 so i think that that's a bit hypocritical of him to say and especially of Draymond green's uh partner to say that because he is a huge trash talker Uh, To fans, you know, there's pictures of him putting up the middle finger um, to fans and then, you know, saying she's saying how cursing isn't appropriate. But then on the press conference, he curses out loud to a reporter um, in front of his own son who's sitting there at the press conference with him. So, you know, I I think there's a bit of hypocrisy and inconsistencies within what Clay Thompson's saying and and what Draymond Green's partner is saying. Um, So I don't. I don't like inconsistencies and hypocrisy and stuff like that. So I just wanted to call that out. And I feel like everyone's been calling that out. This is not, this is not an, a necessarily an original idea. It's been pretty obvious that there's been inconsistencies and hypocrisy within the ideas that Clay and, and Draymond's partner said. So that, yeah, that's just what I – you know, had to say, um, you watching the post-game interviews and seeing what happened on social media. So, yeah, this was a huge episode, super long, but I had a lot of things to say, a lot of things I had to get off my chest. Um, yeah, prediction, Game 6, Finals win for the Celtics in the Garden, Jalen Brown, Finals MVP season. Thank you guys so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed this episode. I know it was a long one, uh, but I really thought I you know had some important things to say and share with you guys so hopefully you enjoyed thank you so much for listening and i'll see you later